You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety, filled in for Cordell yesterday, my co-host every Sunday on First and Goal on TuneIn Premium. Nick, let's put stats aside. Just think about the eyeball test and roster composition. When you look at what the Steelers have at the receiving core and Le'Veon Bell, do you think it's clear the Steelers have the most offensive weapons in all of football? It is obvious that they do have the most offensive weapons in the NFL. That, that's why it was really interesting at the beginning of the season. They were struggling the way that they were struggling. And over the past two weeks, we watched that offense uh, struggle. Yes, they put up big numbers. Uh, last night, we, we talked about it on the show yesterday that we expected Ben Roethlisberger to go out with the weapons that he has at his disposal and to light up uh, the night uh, in that secondary for the Tennessee Titans. But uh, let's also, you know, take a look at this. Yeah, they they scored 40 points, but but it still was a little touch and go in that first and second quarter. They were not putting up uh, the points that uh, we thought that they would early on. But at the end of the day, yes, they accomplished the goal. They won, and they won in big fashion. But I still have my concerns with this team because it's always inconsistency, which is an issue. Now, we know traditionally they run the ball well and they play great defense. But when you struggle against teams that you're supposed to beat, and even though you win those games, that's, that's problematic for me when you look at the team that they are competing against. Uh, it's the New England Patriots who struggle on the defensive side of the ball earlier in the season, but seem to have started to you know put a string of games together where everything is starting to gel as a team. And you know at some point these two teams are going to clash, but still there's a lot I, I don't like about what Pittsburgh's doing at this time, even though they won the game last night. When you watch the Tennessee Titans play the way they do, it looks like from watching it, you have the coaching staff that's all Steeler guys, whether it was coaching with the Steelers or playing for the Steelers. It looks as if the blueprint they have in place is similar to what the Steelers used to do, but they're not able to get it done. Do they have any room to make those types of errors as they move forward if they want to be a team that can compete for that division, let alone once they get to the postseason, being one that can compete in it? No, no, Cordell, because you know, just like a lot of teams – uh, for years, try to uh, simulate Tampa two, and it is a very simple defense. But everyone has to be on the same page. You need guys on the front seven that can get after the quarterback, that understand passing routes and know how to drop. It's the same thing with uh, the Tennessee Titans. You may have the formula, but you don't have the players that can run the system. And we've seen that that runs rampant in the NFL. So this is a problem that the Tennessee Titans are going to face especially if Dick LeBeau is still your defensive coordinator, and I like Dick LeBeau, but the Tennessee Titans don't have that personnel to play that same brand of football that the Pittsburgh Steelers play. Now, in the division that they're in, that may work, may work in the division, but when you move outside of the division, as we were shown last night by how Marcus Mariota uh, played, he, he rarely makes that many mistakes, but he made so many mistakes uh, last night. And the defensive side of the ball for the Tennessee Titans – not being able to slow down, you know, A.B. You know what type of receiver he is. You have to double him. You have to be smart in your coverage. You have to know when things start to break down, that's where Ben is going to go with the ball. They didn't do that last night, and you can't, I'll say it again, you cannot play chess with checker pieces. And last night, the Steelers were playing chess, and the Tennessee Titans were playing checkers.
Taking you around the league with a man who provides colorful metaphors, Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety. Nick, looking at the Sunday night football, Philadelphia, the most complete team in the league, best record 8-1, and one. Dallas at 5-4, and four. no Ezekiel Elliott, no Sean Lee, no Tyron Smith. So if Dallas falls to 5-5, five and five, how much confidence do you have that they're going to rebound and make a run for the wild card considering all of the premier teams across the NFC this year? I have no confidence in the Dallas Cowboys at this point. With Ezekiel Elliott out, uh, we were shown last week uh, how valuable he is as a player. And so so often we always hear about uh, the lead quarterback and how that is the most important position in professional sports. And we're talking about football here, but not having Ezekiel Elliott and going down to Atlanta and having Atlanta, you know, have up that barrage of offense that Matt Ryan came out with and see that Dak Prescott couldn't really uh, get anything going from an offensive standpoint because he had no balance. He had no one to give the ball to that can take the pressure off of him. And now, you you know, Ezekiel is not there. You're still missing your, your offensive lineman. And then now Sean Lee, who is pretty much the quarterback of your defense, he gets everyone lined up, and he's a guy who's a sideline to sideline guy. And now you're going in to face uh, Carson Wentz, and the flying high Philadelphia Eagles, who are doing it great on both sides of the ball. So it's going to be really problematic for Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott moving forward. And like you said, you know, you look at the NFC as a whole. You have Philadelphia, New Orleans, Minnesota, and the Los Angeles Rams. It's going to be tough for uh, the Cowboys to even claw into a wild card if they don't get things uh, pretty much together in a big D. You mentioned the Rams, and they have an opportunity to play against the Minnesota Vikings um, this upcoming weekend. Give me your take on the number one offense when it comes to points in the game and one of the top, top three defenses overall in the Minnesota Vikings. If you had to choose a side that would be victorious, they say defense wins championships, but they also say the offensive side bring people to the game. What side would you ride with? Well, be, being a defensive guy, you would think, you know, in this matchup, I will go with the Minnesota Vikings defense. I can't. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams. And it's because uh, as great as Coach Zimmer's defense has shown that they can be, uh, it's that one word that always sticks out. It's inconsistency. They're not doing it on a week-to-week basis. It's just like they pick and choose when they want to do it. And then looking at how Jared Goff, his, uh, his maturation process to this point, and Sean McVay is you know, spreading the ball around. You know, they have so many weapons at their disposal. And sometimes you think as a defense, we'll shut down this one player and then force this quarterback to beat us passing. You can't say that, that no longer with Jerry Goff. He's not a rookie anymore. And having Sean McVay, he's a better quarterback. If you shut down Robert Woods, he's going to go to Sammy Watkins. If you shut down Watkins, they, there's Tavon Austin, and then there's Tari Gurley. There's so many weapons at his disposal will make it really difficult for a defense to say, we're going to just take this one guy away and force him to beat him with someone else. That's going to be very difficult, but I, I like what the Rams have been doing thus far and, and explosive plays, Cordell. You notice as a quarterback, it's not about the dink and dunk. It's about those splash plays, and it seems every time you watch the Rams, there's like a bevy of splash plays, and and I, I bet you this is going to be this, this is a fun game, and I told B. Webb this the other day because both teams are capable of those splash plays, but I believe more in the Rams and their ability to put up more of those splash plays than Case Keenum. And I'm going to move on 
You mentioned Case Keenum. It's a Friday. I'm going to stay in a good mood and not do my Case Keenum (laughs) rant to close out the program. Nick Ferguson heard it yesterday. He was filling in for Cordell Stewart, the former NFL safety. Nick, looking ahead to Monday night, this is a very good matchup, intriguing on many levels. Seahawks won't have Richard Sherman. Falcons in Atlanta for the second consecutive year. Go back to last year, that very controversial no call when it appeared. Sherman committed pass interference, matching up with Julio Jones. How much confidence do you have the Falcons can keep it going after they push the Cowboys around on Sunday. Well, they have to 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 keep pace with uh, teams like New Orleans and keep their playoff playoff hopes alive. They definitely uh, have to do that. And when you've seen in the past when the Falcons have played the Seattle Seahawks, they played them well. And unlike the other game they played, I think a year or two years ago in Seattle, when Seattle was able to close out that game on a very controversial call. Uh, deep ball down the middle, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, and Julio Jones. That's not going to be the case because Richard Sherman is not playing. Uh, Earl has been nursing a sore hamstring. We don't know if he's going to play kind of questionable. And if he cannot run, that's going to be problematic for that, for that secondary. So this is a prime game for Atlanta Falcons continue to get a two-game winning streak against a team that has caused them issues in the past and team that they match up very well with. So the Falcons and Dan Quinn, they should definitely pull out that game against the Seattle Seahawks. I want to go back to that Minnesota game because I do want to talk about Case Keenum. This is for Brian Weber. I know he hates it, but I got to make sure he understands <laughs> something here. I don't hate anything, Cordell. At... I'm a happy guy. <laughs> In the last two games, Jared Goff... Uh, from a passer rating, he's 16th in the National Football League, and Case Keenum is third. What is it going to take, considering how he's played so far this year, for most people to respect that he deserves to be the starting quarterback for this football team until after he proves that he shouldn't, which I think would be probably at the end of the season? Well, you just have to go out, Cordell, and just you know play his game. I mean, last week, we saw him do something that we've never seen him do in his career, and that's throw four touchdowns in one game. And then he came back and threw two ill-advised interceptions, and you know the critics jumped back on him for that. But he has to play within himself. He can't really uh, listen to uh, all the hype with people saying how, how great he is or how bad he is as a quarterback. He has to understand that he has them at a point where uh, Teddy Bridgewater didn't really have them as far as a record standpoint, and Sam Bradford didn't do himself. So he has them in a prime spot where they can actually win the division. And I don't think uh, B. Webb agrees with me uh, on that fact. But once again, these are once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. Now when you go from a backup role to a starting role, and knowing as though Teddy Bridgewater has been taking snaps in practice, don't look over your back. Don't look over your shoulder. Look forward. Focus on the game ahead. You have two quality wide receivers and Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. That's what you should be worried about, trying to get them the boss, trying to get those splash plays to make sure that at the end of the game that you emerge victorious. Because so if you start to so think did, too much about the backup role and what can happen, then yeah. you're susceptible to making mistakes, and you don't want to do that because as soon as you throw too many inceptions, then they're going to stove, shove Teddy Bridgewater back in, and then your days as a starter will be over. Did B-Well beat you up yesterday on the Case Keenum conversation? I was very relaxed yesterday. You weren't here. <laughs> no, he, he, he definitely was very relaxed, and we definitely kind of uh, calmly 
talk through it, and I try to talk him down off the ledge and figure out exactly why <laughs> off the ledge? he doesn't like Case Keenum. <laughs> Nothing personal. And, guys, okay. I'm going to okay. break format because we're going to make all of our picks official in 15 minutes. Fellas, I'm picking Minnesota in this game. Wow. Not because of Case Not Keenum. Not because of Case Keenum. Because of the defense and because they have the ability to run with that offensive line. So, because the audience wow. is always changing. Uh, you said it say too. Wow. It's huh? not an anti Case Keenum stance. It's that well, I believe. Okay, real quick, because I know team. we only have so much time in this segment. Mm. You choose, you're choosing the Minnesota Vikings defense yes. over what Wade Phillips and Aaron Donald has been able to accomplish so far this season. Yes, I'm because go of the, the venue, Rams, Nick, because the because game's the in defense. Minnesota, and you know that's a cauldron in there. Goff's going to have real issues with communication. Wow, hey, listen, he took it down to a technological championship. Who has the better defense? I'm going to go with the Rams. Okay, well, you don't get the pick on this show. You could pick <laughs> yesterday because you were filling in for Cordell. Today, you're merely a guest. Hey, because you are Captain Technology, Nick, what'd you make of Skycam last night? I liked it, although I'm a traditionalist. After a while, it was getting a little bit queasy, but it was a nice novelty. Did you enjoy last night on Thursday Night Football? Yeah, absolutely. With, with uh, people having these uh, 70 and 60-inch uh, high-def televisions yep. like uh, Cordell uh, watching okay. every week. You uh-huh. know, you need to enhance uh, that game footage by using utilizing things like the, the, the Skycam. So I, I, I like it. Uh, all we need is a camera on the pylon so we can make sure whether a guy got over the pylon or not. So I, I, hopefully That's the league gets to that point. That, that, that's a good one because we know for sure on Sundays we see that all the time. So if we can, if we can implement that one, I think that would make it feel as if it's a Sunday type of a game. But, hey, trust me, it was good last night. I mean, you had a chance to see hey. it from every angle. They gave the guys up in the booth when it came down to the sky cam. They gave them their love and all the work that they have to put into getting this stuff together so that we as fans and, and, and spectators can – Watch it from every angle possible, and I thought it was a phenomenal job to see it from the high angle, especially on the first interception uh, by Marcus Mariota, where you saw where he was looking, you saw how he was uncomfortable, and he threw off his back foot, overthrew the pass to the receiver coming across, interception, and it caused that team, I think one of the interceptions caused the team to actually win that football game. So, yep, I like this guy, Cam, too, as well, Nick. You know, look, really quickly, I would love to see the league uh, advance in technology to put the camera like right on the breastplate of the quarterback so we can get those inside views, like inside the huddle or those the, the look from down on the field. I would love to see that at some point in the NFL. It is coming. Let's wrap it up with one of the more intriguing storylines that we'll be tracking, Nick, amongst the three late games. What do you think Nate Peterman is going to bring when he makes his starting debut for the Buffalo Bills on the road in L.A.? We know the Bills have lost back-to-back games in miserable fashion. Jets on Thursday Night Football and then the Saints ran wild. Do you think this is a panic move, or do you think Peterman can bring some continuity to this offense against a Charger team that looks like Phillip Rivers will be cleared as he comes out of the concussion protocol to play? Well, looking at the fact that the Buffalo Bills are 5-4 and four and they're still in the hunt, uh, the only way you can look at this by uh, Coach Shaman Dormant is uh, this is a panic move. If you say, well, Tyrod Taylor wasn't getting it done and you're pointing all the fingers at him, then I think they need to point fingers throughout that organization. I know Rick Dennison, he's used to having drop-back quarterbacks, and Peterman fits that mold. And sometimes you struggle when you're not familiar with the type of quarterback that loves to get outside the pocket or a quarterback that's mobile, 
and a lot of your system is based on a quarterback being statuesque and throwing from the pocket. So maybe that's what they wanted all, all along. But to me, to lay all the blame on Tyrod Taylor, that's not fair. But I'm, I'm interested to see what Peterman comes in and what he brings to uh, this offense. And if the offense stalls again as though it is stalled for, for Tyrod Taylor, then what will be the excuse then? Now you have to go back to Tyrod and admit that, hey, we made a mistake. Nick, you're the best. Thanks again for filling in for Cordell yesterday. Look forward to working with you on Sunday. Are you getting any rest, partner, with that bundle of joy at home? Because I felt like you were coughing all over me last week for seven hours of our first and goal coverage as father of the year with a new baby. No, man. You know, I'm I'm trying to. My wife is getting uh, less sleep. Than, than I am, but, uh, you know, we're, we're professionals, so okay. as professionals do, you find a way to get the job done. I love your wife, I love your family, but tell them Uncle Brian can't get sick. He works a lot during football season, all right, Nick? Hey, just bring him, some, bring him some Blitz, Blitz decks and, and some Diet Coke. Oh, Nick sees it all for fine. seven hours. It's not pleasant. <laughs> he, Thank you, him. Nick. We'll chat with you on Sunday on First and Call. Right, talk to you guys next week. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.